my wife and I have received some criticism over the years because when we got married, she was 15 and I was 18. People, people thought that was too young. I told them, in fact, it's not been too many days ago, I said, we had to get our band started. And uh, we had five kids. And Ferris is the only one that doesn't play music. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm extremely proud of the ability that God gave my wife and my five kids. And they could have played in Nashville, Tennessee. They could have done whatever they wanted to do, secular. But before they were ever born, I put them on an altar. You might think it's drastic, but I have prayed that God would take the talent out of their hands should they cease to use that talent for God. I told... I told the church this morning, I've had three major milestones in my life. I reached the age of 50, and I think that uh, next month I'll begin my 58th year of ministry, and Jan and I have been married Saturday, May, 56 years. That's three major milestones. And looking back on it, the only regrets that I have is that I did not do more for Jesus. I would like to have seen more people saved. But I like to look at people like Danny Wormuth and think that maybe we had a part in his life and in his ministry and where he is today. And scattered throughout the United States, there's been people that my wife and my kids have influenced. I, I remember a little boy down in Tyler, Texas, he wanted to play guitar, and Drew took time to work with him, gave him a video. It wasn't too long that that boy could play every lick that Drew played on that guitar. You ever wonder what happened to that little boy? His name was Taylor. Last name was Taylor. <laughs> But I appreciate God most of all. I told him this morning, I thank God for saving me, baptizing me in the Holy Ghost, and giving me an opportunity to minister. And the 30 years that we traveled on the bus, had I known Drew was 
doped up on whatever it was that night going to Paducah, he would not have drove the bus. I turned around and saw him asleep standing there. I was a little surprised. I didn't know how much medication he had had. That, uh, that wasn't the worst thing he ever done. I went looking for him after church. He, he didn't feel like going to church one Sunday morning. I said, go to church and play, and then, then you can go back to the bus. So after he played, he left. And after church, I went looking for him. He wasn't on the bus. And we found him passed out in the bathroom of the church. So, you know, I demanded a lot. He gave a lot. Not only him, but all of them. Shelly was on the road for many years. And, uh, you know, I, I've got stories I could tell you all night. But I just am thankful for God and his goodness and mercy. When Drew asked me to preach yesterday, I began to, I began to think about some of the things that maybe God would have me to preach. And I asked God, what, what would you say if you were going to preach? And this verse of scripture came to my mind. And so I want to preach it to you just the way God gave it to my heart. I hope you know that my interest in church and in you is for the sake of the kingdom. I'm not here to try to bring glory to individuals, to myself, but rather the kingdom of God be enlarged through Christ Jesus. I, ha I have no ambitions but to build the kingdom of God. And I believe that we as born again Christians ought to do what we can do to build that kingdom. I believe that we need to live godly, holy lives. And I believe that everyone in this room should be baptized in the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues. Not that we want to make a show of speaking in tongues, but rather that the Holy Ghost would be able to lead us and guide us and teach us and anoint us for the sake of the kingdom. And I believe that God would have us to be gifted tonight with those gifts of the Spirit. And as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Taylor could probably quote it, but I wouldn't understand it in the dialect that he would quote. If it ain't King James, I don't get it. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28, the Bible said, And God hath set some in the church, 
First, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healing. Helps. Governments. Diversities of tongues. And tonight, these are gifts of the Spirit that we need. Not saying that we don't need the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and faith and the gift of healing and the working of miracles and prophecy and discerning of spirits and tongues and interpretation. But we need those plus these in verse 28. And as I meditated, God dealt with my heart about the word helps. The gift of helps. The gift of helping. Everybody who is born again is a body, is a part of the body of Christ. And everyone who's serving God should have a desire to be involved in the growth of the body or of the church of the living God. And the best way for the church or the body of Christ to grow is that we be endued with gifts from above. Not Talents or skills that we might give one another. But we need supernatural, God-given gifts. And the gift of helps is important to us. It'd be unreasonable tonight for all of us to be the head of the body or the eye of the body, or the ear of the body, it would be silly for us to all be the same part of the body of Christ. So God positions you and me in the place where we're going to function and where we're going to be most productive. I can't play a lick on the guitar or the piano, and I'm out of I'm out of rhythm on the drum. I can't play music. I don't sing well. I'm not capable of doing a lot of different things, but God has given me a place, and God has given me a gift where that I am able to function to promote the kingdom of God. And to promote his body. And tonight that's what I want to do as well as I can. I want to use the gift of helps and help the church grow in God. My vision is to win the lost. Even though it seems like it's an impossible task. It is still my goal. It's still my desire. Paul had a goal and Paul had a a desire. He said, my prayer and my desire for Israel is that they 
be saved. I keep praying for Greenbrier that God would save the mayor and God would save the school superintendent and the principals and the teachers. And then I get real big and say, God, save all of the drug addicts and save the the, the guys that's selling the drugs and I'm praying that God will deliver every addict in this city. I want to see the body of Christ enlarged. I want to see his kingdom grow. I don't want to see anybody lose out, die lost, and go to hell. God gives us a talent, an ability, or a gift to use for his kingdom. And it's true that not all gifts are as glamorous as are others. Ah. Some people have gifts that people will flock to. If, if you ever have a chance to go hear Dean Caldwell, you heard him. He has an amazing gift. He can quote the Bible. That's awesome. I can't do that. I've been reading it. I've been studying it for many years. But I don't have that skill. I don't have that gift. And so some of the gifts are more glamorous than are others. I knew a man one time that God had given him the gift of discerning spirits. And he had the word of wisdom. He had the word of knowledge. And Drew would know him if I could. Oh, his name was Gene Baldwin. And he would call people out. And he would would tell them what they were doing and what sins they were committing because God had gifted him. You see, some gifts are more glamorous than are others, but every gift is important and it must be used and it must function in the kingdom of God and in the body of Christ for the glory of the Almighty. And when we let those gifts be used of God, God can move in hearts and lives and transform them and make them part of the body of Christ. But all the gifts are useful and they are needful. Oh yeah. They're needful. In our text, the list of gifts includes the gift of helps. Now I'm sure that when we say helps, we men begin to get a visual of what our wives want us to help with at home. My duties at home have changed a lot over the years. Now then, I do a lot of of bed making and picking up, straightening up. I try to sweep and vacuum. But that's not where I'm gifted of God. I'm glad. But I am gifted in a few things of God. 
Dick's commentary said of the gift of helps. That the gift of help is a support. And this word is spelled S-U-C-C-O-U-R-E-R. I'm going to say it. Sucker. It is an aid. And it refers to every kind of help God sets in the church. And it's not to be limited to the pastor or the pastor's wife or the band or the deacon board. I want to tell you, it is for all members of the body of Christ. Do you know there's not anybody in the church that at one time or another didn't need some kind of help? I'm not just talking about physical help. One day we walked out of church and there was Sister Di about to try to change a tire. I think Brother Brother Kirk Hudspeth was the one that went and helped her change it. Everybody needs help. Sometimes we need help getting up or getting down, getting around. Sometimes we find people who are in need of help just to clothe themselves, dress themselves, or feed themselves. But I want to tell you, in our spiritual realm, there's not one of us who at some time did not need spiritual help. And God has gifted us with the gift of help. God wants you and me to help one another. And the body of Christ, whatever that need might be, I want you to know I've seen people come to church hurt and disappointed. I've seen them stand. I've seen them turn and leave the auditorium. And my thoughts would be, I may never see them again. They needed help, and I wasn't able to help them. They've come to church with a need. Come to church with a desire. Come to church needing somebody to reach out and touch them. I want to tell you, you need to help every member of this church and every member of the body of Christ whenever it is possible. I believe that's the most important thing that we can do one for the other. I remembered in Scripture, in the book of Exodus chapter 17, there came an enemy of Israel. The Bible said, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. Moses was the leader. But Moses wasn't going to fight that battle by himself. Uh, have you ever felt like you're the only one that's fighting in this battle? Huh? Well, I have. I've said it a lot of times. I wish somebody would help me. Feels like I'm doing it all by myself. 
When we first started, I done the bus driving. I done the booking. I done the preaching. I was doing everything except playing the music. I felt like I was doing. I'd look at Jen and say, why don't you help me? I believe that today the leaders, Moses, couldn't win the battle by himself. He sent Joshua to fight the battle. Are you listening to me? And Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. But I need somebody who will go into the battle and win this battle against Amalek. And the Bible said so Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and her went up to the top of the hill. Uh-huh. Moses was the man called of God. It was Moses who got the top billing. He was the leader of Israel. Aaron was just the high priest. I don't even know who her was in relation to everybody else. But here he is. He's on the top of the hill with Moses. He's at the top of the hill with with Aaron. And now then, as long as Moses is on top of the hill with his hand raised and the rod lifted to God, the battle went in the favor of the church. I want to tell you, some nights, some nights I feel like I can raise the rod high. Some nights I feel like I've still got it. Sometimes I feel like I can still do what I've ever done. But then there's other nights I need somebody. I need an Aaron and somebody else on the other side. I need a her who will stand with me and be of the same mind and to be see and to be of the same strength and the same vision. Here was the man of God. Here was Moses on the top of the hill. The battle was down there with Joshua and Amalek. But God had a man on the top of the hill. Hmm. It came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Are you listening to me now? When you don't do your job. When you're not in the place God put you in the body. When you're not doing the thing that God called you to do. Amalek is going to win in your life. And it will affect the church. It will affect the body of Christ. But as long as you're where you're supposed to be. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to do when your hands get tied you got her on one side and you got Aaron on the other side they gave him a rock to sit on and can I tell you tonight church that's the ministry and that's the gift of help Hallelujah to God forevermore. I'm looking for somebody who will lift up their hand and hold me up tonight and hold up the pastor tonight and hold up the deacons tonight. Hold up the baby tonight. Listen to me. 
came to pass with Moses, held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But when his hands were down, Amalek prevailed. Moses' hands were heavy. They put a stone under him, and he sat on it. But Aaron and her stayed up his hand. It's a gift of help. It was the gift of help, Brother Angel. Somebody needed to be there. He was physically unable to continue, but the gift of helps with Aaron and her, and he kept his hand. This one, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Can I tell you, the battle's not over yet, and we still need the gift of helps in the church today. We still need men and women who have the vision, who have the one mind and one accord, and will not give up till the battle is won. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise here tonight because he gives the gift of helps. Joshua couldn't win the battle by himself. They sing the song, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. He didn't win that battle. He was just being obedient to God. He couldn't win this battle against Amalek. And Moses couldn't hold his hands up without Aaron and her. You see where I'm going with this? We're still looking for people to be saved. We're looking for an explosion of growth. We're looking for God to do great exploits. But we've got to have a leader with the vision. We've got to have a leader who is faithful. And then we've got to have somebody who will stand beside him and lift up his hands in the time of discouragement. Have you ever went to somebody and put your arm around them and begin to encourage them in the Lord? You never know when and who and how it's going to affect somebody's life. But it's the gift of help. They may just let their arms fall down. They may have given up in their spirit, but if you come along and encourage them in the Word, encourage them in God, you can help them and lift their hands until the battle is over and then both of us can shout together. The gift of helps, it's not glamorous. Great men of God, I love preaching about the Apostle Paul. He couldn't accomplish what he accomplished by himself. My dad told me one time, said, Carmen, you can't win the world by yourself. He was right but I didn't like to admit it. And we tried. We worked night after night after night. We tried. But the Apostle Paul couldn't accomplish what he did without those with the gift of helps. 
I don't know if you could put it on the board or not, but if you got Romans chapter 16, 1 through 4, a visual's better than just hearing it. Here's what Paul said. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church which is in or at Sinchira, that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a succor of many. Taylor, am I saying it wrong? And then he said, and of myself also. She's been a help to me. She's been a support to me. She's been an aid in my ministry. I want to tell you, there's no telling how many women are in the Hall of Fame in Glory Land. I can't tell you how many churches have been built with fried pies or peanut brittle candy. Women who labored for the Lord to raise funds to build buildings or to improve the building. But in this case here, Phoebe, our sister, she has been an asset. She has helped me. She supported me, myself also. Then he goes on and says, Greek Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. And if you want to keep reading in that passage of Scripture, he begins to name off a bunch of people who were his helpers. They had the gift of helps. You may not stand in that pulpit and you may not be called pastor uh, but you can still have a ministry with a gift of helps uh, and hold up their hands uh, and lift them up uh, and seek God for them Paul in my estimation was the greatest New Testament minister of all but he couldn't do what he done without help Uh, I remember one night they let him down over the wall in a basket. Somebody had to do that. Oh my. You're never successful alone. All the years that we traveled, I've done the preaching. But what crowds we drew, it was not the preaching. It was the singing in the band. But I got to preach. You know. But I couldn't have got there had it not been for the band and the singing. I couldn't have got there had it not been either my wife driving me in the car or Drew driving the bus. I couldn't have gotten there. Whatever souls we have won, whatever we have accomplished in God, I did not do it by myself. Somebody helped me with the gift of helps. Now, we're living in 2019, and we're living in a modern era. We're living in an age where 
uh, there's multimedia. We, we have all kinds of information. We can do anything, see anything, go anywhere. It's just incredible what our day has given to us. We have opportunity to preach around the world on the internet. We can be on satellite, on television and radio. We've got books. we got everything in the world. In our day, if you could talk to Dr. Cho in South Korea, I believe he would tell you he is what he is because of those he surrounded himself with and they helped him in his life and in his ministry. If you would talk to Rob Parsley over in Columbus, Ohio, successful as he is, I don't believe he would be nearly that successful except there was people with the same mind and the same vision with the work of God at heart they wanted to see him succeed in enlarging the kingdom of God so they helped with the gifts of him what about John Hagee all these great ministries of our day God is blessing these ministries causing the body of Christ to be enlarged I've never seen a telecast of John Hagee where his church was not full. I'm longing for the day when this place is full. Success will come. Uh, Brother Hutchins was saying something about it tonight. Right now we're walking by faith. God is blessing ministries and causing the body of Christ to be enlarged. And I believe tonight that these great men would testify to the fact that there was somebody who stood with them. I I believe they got discouraged. I believe that there was times that they didn't think that they could do it. My goodness. I believe that they're just as human as we are. And they get their feelings hurt and they wonder, why did you ever call me sort of like Jonah, God? I know you're going to be merciful to them anyway. Why Why did you send me if you're going to save them anyway? Um, Because men and women shared the same burden. Somebody said, how is it you and Sister Foster managed for 56 years? We disagree, but we do it agreeably. Our goal and our vision has been the same from day one. I'm sure she would like to change some things, like that first bus we had. Had no running water. It was a terrible thing. I'm embarrassed about it now. But our goal, our vision, our aim was the same. And it's still the same. It hadn't changed. 
As long as you've got people who are going to stand and have a burden for the kingdom of God, they're going to need somebody to support them with that same burden. They're going to do as that leader is doing. They have the gift of helps, and they're going to operate those gifts, or those gifts are going to operate through them, and they're going to help and they're going to support that leadership. People with the same dedication, the same mind, the same effort, the same shedding of tears for the sake of Christ. I want to tell you, that's why the early church got off the ground. They were all of one mind and one accord, one vision. They had one hope and one in God and they never let it die. I can tell you neither can your pastor accomplish what God has put in his spirit. His vision cannot come to fruition until these in this congregation stand with him, lift his hand and help him and aid him and support him and do the things of God with him. And that that's not even in my note. Can I tell you that from this place, the Spirit of God should flow out into this community. Brother Wilson, the scripture said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Holy Ghost. Yes. I'm telling you, this church ought to be so full of the Holy Ghost that it flows out the door yes. and it attracts the attention of every passerby. From this place, the power of God ought to be manifested in miracle. Are you a believer tonight? Amen. A believer ought to be seeing a manifested miracle in this place. We ought to see healings and deliverances in this place. The news should be spread throughout this town that they have miracles and Trinity faith. It's here the power of God should shake the very soul of men that's lost and undone. Yes. Huh? Yes. You can't ever afford for a sinner to come into this place and sit comfortable. Yes. No. Helps. You've got to help. We can't allow someone who has a need for 38 years or for 12 years or 18 years. We mustn't allow anybody. We've got the gift of helps. The gift of helps in this church. This city should find the love and compassion of Christ. Yes. The sinners of this town. I, I, I've told Drew, I've told Wyatt, I'll tell anybody to listen to me. You've got to preach the entire word of God. And it's not going to set well with people who are doing wrong. They're not going to like it. But they've got to hear the word of God. They need to be condemned because of their sin. No matter what that sin is. And not just from the pulpit. 
It shouldn't be that the word of God is being heard just from this pulpit. It should be heard from all of us. Where our gift. Hmm. I want to say, I, I commend all of you who have been faithful to the prayer meeting. Amen. We went to a church in Grundy, Virginia. They had 24 hour a day. Men would work 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Come home from the coal mines. And go to church for a six-week revival. We had 25 people saved. I don't know how many baptized in the Holy Ghost. Notable miracles. But they had a 24-hour-a-day prayer meeting. I want to tell you, God gives you the gift of help. And I commend you for being here. And I, I see several, I know Kim's outside, and, and I know this sister's here, and Drew and Shelley here. But I want to tell you, a constant prayer meeting is just a part of your gift. We've got to have the prayer meeting, but we've got to continue to fast. We've got to still carry a burden for the lost. You have to maintain a vision for this church. We need to be concerned with the young and the weak Christians. This church cannot reach its potential without support. I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about Real support. Finances will always come when you support. It'll always be. But you've got to support. You've got to give aid for people through sickness, through disease, disaster. My, we've seen that in our area. We've got to give help and support to those whose marriage is in trouble. Huh? Help to those spiritually who are in derision. Help whose kids have fallen away. We've got to support. We've got to aid. We've got to be concerned. There's got to be tears for all the body of Christ. I'm going to say it again. If you're born again, you're a member of the body of Christ. God gives you responsibilities and duties. And he expects you to be faithful to perform. Why? That there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members 
rejoice with it. As that early church, we must be in one mind and one accord. Help, support, aid. That the body of Christ have no schism, have no incurable, have no bruises, no wounds, but be strong in Christ Jesus. Would you stand with me tonight?